0: Lots of towns and cities have war memorials and some even have statues to commemorate military heroes. But Montrose must be the only place that has the statue of a dog taking pride of place. Before we left Montrose, Simon and I posed for a photo next to Bamsa, the St. Bernard who was a member of the Norwegian Navy during the Second World War. Whether Simon was going for dignified strength or bemusement as he posed for his picture, I'm not quite sure, but somehow he managed both. Bamsa was given a full military funeral when he died in Montrose in 1944 and the Norwegian military hold a commemorative ceremony for him every 10 years. Bamsa belonged to one of the ship's commanders and served on a Norwegian minesweeper that was stationed in Montrose and Dundee during the war. One of his tasks, apart from keeping up morale on ship, was to round up the sailors and crew and escort them back to the ship when it was time to go back on duty. Apparently, Bamsa would even get on the bus unaccompanied and head as far as Dundee to fetch the crew from their favourite pubs. What a glorious friend! Now I think of it, I can definitely see the likeness Simon was going for.
1: We're doing a tour of all the Scottish football grounds. So today we're just starting with Montrose today, and then up to um, Cove Rangers next.
0: Cove Rangers Cove Rangers Aberdeen Peterhead today Did ah. Breakin
1: yesterday
2: Oh you did Breakin yesterday Yeah yeah yeah
0: Is that your club? What? Breakin No Celtic Celtic Not Montrose No
1: <laughs> Celtic <laughs> and so Fair enough at your house? Yeah You live Literally <laughs> Within four steps Of Montrose Football Club
2: Yeah I did used to play for them Long <laughs> ago Yeah Nineteen fifty seven. Didn't they get many games. You know the reason? Go on. No substitutes.
0: Right, got you. So if you weren't in the first team that was it.
2: Yeah. And they didn't have three goalkeepers and four centre forwards. No. And ten midfields, just twelve, thirteen players and that was it. What's your Nick, what's your name then? Nick Cowerson. Ah, okay. Now, another thing was Remember, this in 1958. No floodlights. No. And in the winter time, what was training? Running around the streets. That was all you did. There was not, never a, uh, a board up telling you this is the position, this is what you do. There was no coaches. You played football and you made up the made up plans between yourself. Can. Kind of, it was no 442 system or anything like that. You, everybody was all over the place.
0: We're on a real schedule today because it's, right. it's 100 miles up to Peterhead today, you know?
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cove Rangers. Aberdeen. Uh, Aberdeen. Peterhead. Peterhead. Uh, you're, you're not doing the Highland League? No, no. 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 Just, so a, just the
0: Scottish League.
2: Then you'd be going to uh, Peterhead, Nelgan. Then Inverness. Inverness. Ross County Ross County and then we're done Oh yeah oh very
0: good
1: yeah we've done we've done another 12, 12 days cycling before this so we've yeah. done we've done all the Edinburgh clubs and, and the Glasgow clubs clubs obviously and the Fife
2: Fife yeah Rovers, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's quite a quite a few people doing this and uh they don't know where Raythrovers is. It's Kirkoddy. Yeah, of course. Uh, Ross County is no... it's yeah. Dingwall. Yeah, You That's can right. You've you got to do a lot of research <laughs> before you you can do this. We have. And yeah.
0: the, uh, the Tour de Cosse heads towards its conclusion with Stage 13, the first of three long days that will take us to Dingwall. Setting out from our hotel in Montrose, our first stop is Lynx Park after less than a kilometre of riding. We then stick close to the coast following National Cycle Route 1 to Aberdeen via a coffee stop in Stonehaven and Cove Rangers Football Club. Then it's onwards to Peterhead. This is the longest stage of the entire tour, 128.5 kilometres and almost 1,250 metres of climbing. Fortunately, we have the wind at our backs all day. Unfortunately, my hopes of sampling a deep-fried Mars bar at the Caron Fish Bar in Stonehaven were dashed because the chip shop wasn't open when we arrived. The Karen claims to have invented this uniquely Scottish delicacy, which is exactly as it sounds. A Mars bar, covered in batter and deep-fried until the outside is crisp and the inside is molten and gooey. Oh well, another day. Whistling! (laughs) That's that's jingle bells. Well, getting there, aren't (laughs) we? <laughs> whistling jingle bells it's not even the end of september
1: feeling upbeat
0: feeling upbeat good good i'm feeling better now now we've broken the back of today's stage 67 and a half kilometers done
1: and that's over halfway more than over halfway here yeah. according to my hammerhead data we are a mere 55.3 kilometers from our destination
0: Hmm. How have you been getting on with the hammerhead? Actually, you you've bought one since our last trip to Scotland in April. I'm Convinced that it was the, the the difference between us.
1: Well, I think it's working, and it, it's not. I'm not annoying you quite as much by not knowing the way as well. I think I think that's a a big factor. I don't. It wasn't annoying. Like, it I, didn't I don't annoy like me. Annoying you. It didn't.
0: <laughs> it didn't annoy me that you didn't know the way you didn't ask which way next which way next but not knowing the way I don't know like I, mean, I, I like knowing the way I must admit <laughs> I think it's an advantage to know the way yeah. and I, I think back I know a lot of the sort of homespun charm has gone out of adventure cycling because technology has made it so much easier we're just we are following the yellow arrows and the yellow line and it's it's Doing a lot of the well, it's doing all of the map reading for us. The, the map reading was done back at home when I plotted the routes. I don't know. I mean, it's making us more efficient, isn't it? But
1: I'm enjoying my, the way I've got my climbs set up more than the way you've got your climbs set up. For some reason, I well, you can choose how many climbs, uh, which gradient or sort of uh, level of climbs you can you want to see. So I think I've gone just. Just the toughies. So there's only four today, according to my hammerhead. And on mine, there's eight. But I've
0: chosen to include the fourth
1: category, fourth
0: category climbs, uh, so to speak, because uh, what I don't like is going up a drag that's quite climby and thinking, God, this doesn't even count as a climb. I like, I like to have it the other way: go up something that's quite short and go, oh, that was a climb, done, ticked off.
1: Yeah, it's weird how you have sort of psychological battles with yourself and the hammerhead
0: (laughs) psychological battles with everything Simon really I was convinced earlier that I was just going to be completely out of energy today Um, and I've been okay so far, a few pro tips from Lizzie Banks has just set me right, just the no nonsense approach from Lizzie Banks just if if you think you're running out of energy, eat things with lots of energy in, eat and drink things with energy in, makes a lot of sense
1: doesn't it um, it's the mornings isn't it, it's the morning when you, you know you've got a big day ahead of you you've just got to battle on through that little section get, like we were saying earlier, get sort of 20 or 30 kilometres under the belt you start start feeling better about things but it's not easy yeah I mean
0: we are doing this for fun, that's the other thing I keep trying to remind myself I mean I know it's ridiculous isn't it We're we're the weather is lovely Actually, I mean, compared to what it could have been today, I think there was a forecast for a little bit of rain maybe later in the afternoon. But we've had a little bit of sunshine. The wind has been at our back, which as we came out of Cove Rangers Football Club against the wind, did you notice, was a bit of a headwind. So we have had a a tailwind helping us along and hopefully that will continue on the way up to Peterhead. Um, But I don't know. I've, I've been thinking a lot about the restorative... Um, benefits of cycling, the kind of healing qualities of cycling. Um, I suppose it's been a been a pretty challenging year all round, hasn't it? And when things, when everything feels challenging, even enjoyable things start to feel like a, more
1: of a challenge than perhaps they should do. I think that's where I'm at at the moment. We said from the outset that this it wasn't a gimme that we'd you get round this even you know even on nice bikes and with a bit of help it's it's quite a quite an undertaking it's a lot of kilometers
0: yeah i suppose so yeah 606 days is roughly what we're doing isn't it yeah it's enough um and yeah i suppose i've thinking back to april and i mean i still kind of shake my head at the fact that we set off just a few days after Richard had died, he died on the Monday, and we were riding on the Friday, and I I look back at that now and think, how on earth did we do that? But I think there was a sort of emotional adrenaline going on at the time, just a need to do something, get away, get on the road, be moving, be occupied, perhaps, and I feel maybe like some of that emotional adrenaline has kind of run out. I just feel sort of worn really not just that I mean a lot has gone on since since Richard died as well I mean my own dad died in early June and as podcast listeners will know I came back from the Tour de France for his funeral which was at the start of the middle week of the Tour de France and as I travelled home for after the stage to La Planche de Belfie I was feeling a bit unwell and I had a bad feeling and sure enough when I got home I tested positive for COVID. And people have said to me, "Oh, well why didn't you just go to the funeral and s- sit at the back and keep out of the way. Well I suppose that was an option, there wasn't anything actually preventing me from going other than the fact I felt terrible and the fact that um, well my mum had just started chemotherapy and so I didn't want to put her at risk And also, after speaking to the celebrant who led the service, he made it pretty clear that it would be very poor form to go to a funeral knowing that I had Covid. I mean, it would have been, really. But it meant that I had to watch my dad's funeral on a laptop, which was, to say, less than ideal is an understatement. But Simon, I haven't really had the chance to thank you for reading my eulogy so brilliantly for me
1: Mm. well it was an honor it was an absolute honor but um yeah very difficult i mean just heartbreaking that you couldn't be there and yeah i can't imagine how you're feeling having to having to sit there on the on the laptop at home but yeah you're making my bottom lip quiver here (laughs) yeah
0: it's funny isn't it i mean you you, th- I th- you take for granted that these th- there's, there's something in human beings that we know our parents you know are going to pass away. We we know you know, and, and that's the fortunate way round. You know when when I think about it, I think about Richard's dad and I think how awful that must be. To that's not the way it's supposed to be, and so there's that sort of burning unfairness about that. You know, very difficult to avoid. We kind of all know on a, on some level that these events are going to happen and yet when it happens to you you're so totally unprepared for it um i mean your mum and dad passed away in pretty quick succession didn't they yeah under a couple of years apart 18 months apart and i mean i thought i kind of empathized with that and, and i at the time didn't because i didn't know what a what a sort of shattering blow it is really
1: yeah, shocking, isn't it? And you never quite get used to life without them. You're just used to them being around and you just think things will carry on as they are f- forever and and big changes happen just really quickly and it's yeah. You just gotta get go. <laughs> like you said, sometimes doing things and carrying on a little bit as normally as possible and trying to enjoy yourself and have these adventures with your friends and creating memories. I think it's important.
0: I mean, you certainly you've you've adopted your dad's sense of humour even even more so. I'd say in the last eighteen months.
1: <laughs> I have, yeah.
0: <laughs> Deliberately so.
1: I think it might be, yeah, yeah.
0: Do you do it to annoy your children?
1: Um, yeah, they now call me <laughs> basically Mister Cringe. <laughs> Dad, you're so cringe, which I think is a, a perfect homage to my dad who had a, a wizard sense of humour.
0: Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? You go through those teenage years. I mean, yours are, your children are a bit younger than teenage years, but perhaps it all starts a bit earlier. I can sort of remember being embarrassed by, you know, I think everyone goes through a phase of feeling embarrassed by their parents, don't they? It's sort of tragic, really. A tragic sort of teenage affliction, that, because nothing to be embarrassed about and also when i think about you know my own daughter the idea of her being embarrassed by me is oh it's quite i'm going to try and be the i'm going to try and be um impossible to be embarrassed
1: by wow i should probably stop trying to do the floss in front of them then <laughs> if i do do that and i can imagine as the child that's probably pretty yeah. living up to my name Mr yeah. Cringe I can't do it either can you do the floss no oh, really difficult no I've, even, I've even tried to watch the YouTube
0: no yes. don't do that oh Mr Cringe don't do the floss <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no I do, I've been thinking about dad quite a bit really the combination of cycling and football it's inevitable really they're the two sort of great interests that he handed down So, I'm not sure, I mean, he didn't have much of a fondness for Scottish football, I don't think. But uh, he liked going to, you know, unusual football grounds here and there. We went on a few trips together, and, uh, yeah.
1: We're up near Burnie now, aren't we?
0: We're getting close to Burnie, yeah. We'll be there the last morning. The start of the final stage will be from Burnie. But we'll get to that. We've got a... a few kilometers to do before we get to Burnie, Simon. Okay. What have we got? 55 today. That Don't
1: what's you think that about tomorrow?
0: Well, we're going to have to have an honest talk about the weather forecast later.
1: <laughs> you you gave me that look yesterday about the forecast tomorrow. I haven't looked at, I still haven't looked. See, yet.
0: this is the this is this fascinates me. <laughs> I check the weather forecast a couple of days in advance and allow it to kind of you know lodge in my mind and you
1: just don't different characters aren't we n- <laughs> this trip is really sort of <laughs> showing is it,
0: it is it magnifying those differences
1: it's, it is but i think it's working all right to go you know
2: yeah.
1: silent when you need to be silent chatty mm. when you need to be chatty not being that chatty have we today no, but picking up
0: though the moods picking up i think seeing the the the, the little bit of artwork on the side of Aberdeen's Pittodrie Stadium here, soul, spirit, tradition. I like that a lot. In uh, white block capitals with the Aberdeen Football Club badge. Love the badge. It's really of its time, isn't it? Sort of late seventies type. It's a an A which is actually a side-on shot of a goalpost and net with FC set within it. And then we're by the famous granite turnstiles. Granite, of course, being the local rock, the grey granite of Aberdeen Football Club Limited. And over the other side, where we posed for our photograph, a statue of Sir Alex Ferguson.
1: Very good likeness as well. I'd a say. very
0: good likeness, yeah. And a sort of somebody that I know, Dave Browsford, always looked up to, Alex Ferguson's man management.
1: I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. He looks, by judging by the statue as well, he started the sort of trend of having your trousers quite low down on your waist. Do you think Alex Ferguson
0: started that trend, or do you think that that was just a fashion in the early eighties, and he was wearing them in a fashionable way?
1: <laughs> I don't know. It just struck me when I saw the statue. He had a little, one of those little thin belts and. The, yeah <laughs> let's
0: crack on i think the the fashion segment i don't think gonna catch on is it no simon, simon gill's fashion here in segment
1: Stood here in our
0: nothing wrong with like for simon let's uh let's ride on what are we going to do what's our strategy get another maybe another uh, let's
1: tick off another 20.
0: tick off another 20 okay i'm not sure simon's fashion fix will catch on Besides, we have to head on up the coast because there's still a way to go. Morale, though, is high, and that may be because of the tailwind, which is making us feel suspiciously good at cycling.
2: The Scottish FA Cup fourth round. Brecon City nil. Dundee United 1. Clydebank against Tibernian as a late kick-off. Dundee 1. Meadowbank Thistle 1. Hamilton Academical 1. Motherwell 2. Heart of Midlothian against Celtic. Late kick-off. <laughs>
0: Skidding to a halt there, Simon. <laughs> Sorry, we had a bit of a detour there. We went off-road, some sort of farm track that turned into almost cobblestones. Loose bricks, mud, Sikes across territory. Realised we were going the wrong way. And now we've had the white roads of Aberdeenshire, the gravelly footpath that leads all the way up to this. All shells, I think, if you look closely. Is it? I think so. Hmm. what you say? That's shells, isn't it? We could invent a new niche version of off-road cycling, couldn't we yeah good <laughs> what do you reckon to the castle the ruins of slain's castle yeah dramatic isn't it right on the cliff top
1: here quite a dramatic drop down there i think to the sea it reminds me of um, he-man and castle grayskull in our childhood <laughs> do you not think
0: well it's funny another I mean I'm not saying that He-Man isn't a sort of cultural great, but this castle is said to be the inspiration for Bram Stoker's Dracula. Bram Stoker, the Irish writer, apparently holidayed in Cruddon Bay, very close by, which we came through on the way up to the castle. And standing here looking imposing, gothic, I guess.
1: Really is, isn't it? It really yeah. is,
0: yeah. Um Dracula. Ooh. unlike dr who and james bond dracula are a real
1: person yeah oh day no, you, you've been thinking about that haven't you that set up because of what i said earlier that's that's that isn't it what did i say earlier what did you say earlier i said something stupid about dracula that you rolled your eyes at it's not what, real is he is dracula not real no no have you read
0: dracula no no Oh, it's a sort of teenage classic, really. Not scary. It is scary, yeah. Really? Yeah, as scary as is is the one Watership Down. Watership Down isn't scary. That's just that's a rite of passage, isn't it? Watership mm. Down, when all the nice
1: bunnies. Oh no! I mean, I want to see you in that sort of turret up there, looking down at me.
0: I'm not sure you're allowed to do that. It's you're not? it's quite tumble down, isn't it? It is a ruin.
1: Mm he's going in he, go i think you can go in oh, right. yeah i think
0: you can go in and have a look but um maybe keep your helmet on just in case there's
1: any falling rubble <laughs> If think today's going to be the day when it goes <laughs> i mean that would be just our luck wouldn't it <laughs> typical
0: <laughs> we nearly didn't make it here i was i was almost about to give up because i couldn't find my way in you can see it on the horizon from miles around we've come such a beautiful ride over from our after mid-afternoon lunch stop fueled up by a very cheddary cheese toasty really strong, te- strong cheese it was making my sinuses go a bit in that, yeah, it's nice, good strong cheese but um, we're nearly there now, we're nearly at Peterhead it does feel a bit like the wind is picking up and the sky is enveloping us in greyness But I think we'll get in without uh, getting wet, fingers crossed uh,
1: what, we've got a we're four o'clock now That's raining, it's just starting to rain it has hasn't it,
0: let's have a quick look around <laughs> the castle on my yeah it here. is isn't it Um, oh, I've literally brought that on
1: what, did you say? What, what were you saying oh my word <laughs> yeah.
0: it did say on the forecast rain st- from four o'clock let's have a quick look around the castle picture in front of the castle and go
1: we're going to be st- sleeping in the castle at this rate
3: the Tour de d'Ecosse is sponsored by Super Sapiens. You can use Super Sapiens data to find out the foods that work best for you, when to fuel for optimum performance and how to keep the dreaded bonk at bay. Real-time glucose data at your fingertips means no more guesswork on fueling. Sure?
1: Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, why? 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 I don't know. Why? I mean, just checking. Just checking in on you. you I have got sort of up-and-down day, so...
0: Hmm. Well, a, a, a very up day. I started low and finished high. Yeah, you were flying at the end there. Well, I seem to be sixth in the all-time leaderboard <laughs> on quite a long Strava segment, I noticed.
1: <laughs> you f- face so pleased with himself
0: <laughs> yeah and where was i go on i think i pushed you down to seventh four seconds ahead weren't you on that bit was four seconds ahead yeah, yeah. <laughs> annoying yeah. oh no not annoying is it it's great uh, <laughs> i really enjoyed today's ride actually it was i was worried a bit it's a long time since i've ridden 128 kilometers in a in a in a day i think i I need to look back and see how... It's years, years since I've gone that far in a day. I just don't get the chance to do that sort of length of ride anymore.
1: Because it's it's quite a long period of a day, isn't it, to get that far, particularly at our pace. So, yeah, when when do you get the whole day to yourself, kind of thing? Five hours, wasn't it, Yeah, we were out there? Look how much of a chunk of Scotland, though, we've sort of covered there. I mean, look at that red line.
0: Yeah... I mean, it's a small chunk of Scotland, but it does—it does look quite impressive on there, doesn't it? All the way up that coast.
2: Yeah.
0: Highlights of the day: Aberdeen. I loved Pitodrie. Really want to go to a game there. And Slains Castle, I thought was terrific. If it—if it hadn't started raining, I'd have stayed a bit longer.
1: I went up the Curly Tower.
0: Yeah, I didn't want to risk the Curly Tower. In curly
1: Tower in cleets was interesting, with the the sort of hole, hole, holes out straight to see, as you we were climbing up there it was a bit the stone staircase yeah i didn't risk
0: that in cleats i didn't want to come a cropper but here we are in peterhead nice biscuit. what was the nice biscuit we had the empire biscuit, empire biscuit i enjoyed that recommended by lizzie banks indeed i think that was a good morale booster she was, she let's describe it let's describe an empire biscuit sort of two shortbread biscuits with a sort of cream in the middle a, a sort of no, sugar jam sh- no not it wasn't jam was it it was a sort of sh- almost like a, a a sort of sugary paste
1: oh my my children's version had jam in the
0: middle oh did it I, well you had the children's version which was topped with icing and then sprinkles I had the grown-ups version which was topped with icing and a glacé cherry little neat biscuit shortbready, nice crumbly pastry good Nice place, Stonehaven as well, I enjoyed that. Mm, it was nice, wasn't it? Uh, only disappointment was that the Karen fish bar wasn't open for us to try a deep fried Mars bar, so that we still have to try and get one of those in the next two days. You think that's possible? Yeah, I reckon so, I reckon so. I looked on all the menus of the fish and chip shops here in Peterhead and don't seem to be doing it, so we'll see. We'll, we'll have a look in uh, when we get to Lossiemouth tomorrow and, uh, well, maybe Inverness on...
1: Tuesday. They probably prioritise their fish in Peterhead over the Mars bar.
0: You, you would think so, yeah. Huge, huge fishing industry. They're not outcatching
1: Mars bars. Let's see. They're
0: not, are they? No, no. Well,
1: let's have a well-earned post-ride recovery ale. Looks like they've got a, a drink that we discovered on one of our first legs as well.
0: Innocent and gun, yeah. Good we'll have a couple of pints of Innis and Gunn, I think. Then, well done, Simon. We <coughs> well did well like today. It, think, yeah,
1: no, that, that p- could have been a difficult stage because I think you get you you're on a, a bit of a adrenaline the first couple of days because it's a new and exciting. Day four, I think, traditionally tricky in the yeah. Tour de and
0: uh, And yeah, a long one, and another long one tomorrow and uh, let 's not even look at the forecast it 's uh, funnily enough, since our conversation in Edinburgh about our different approaches to looking you know beyond the present, um, the forecast has improved actually now, the forty mile an hour winds that were forecast to last well into the day are now only forecast to last until
1: ten o 'clock so so, in summary, you spent all that time worrying over nothing and I, I was in blissful ignorance, but... You, you wouldn't have even
0: known that that wind was forecast to last all day or <laughs> well into the afternoon. No,
1: exactly. A lesson learned for me there. Oh, I don't know. Sometimes it works in your favour and sometimes not. The sort of brush everything under the carpet approach. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the blinkers on, <laughs> ignoring reality approach.
1: Not always the best.
0: Is this what led you to ride 14 kilometres through a Norwegian tunnel that cyclists weren't permitted to ride through on your Norwegian ride, that kind of approach, just just ignoring reality until it was too late?
1: Uh, yeah, probably, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we go again tomorrow?
1: We go again, as all football managers say when they've lost a couple of games in a row. <laughs>
0: I was woken in the middle of the night by the hotel's fire alarm, which went on for ages and was the result of one of the guests smoking in his room. It took me ages to get back to sleep, and before I knew it, it was morning. When I went in search of breakfast, the restaurant where we'd had dinner the night before was all locked up, and I found a flyer which said that breakfast would be served in the pub downstairs, which was sort of underneath the hotel. So I put on my jeans and a hoodie and went downstairs. I hoped that Simon wouldn't come down to breakfast in full lycra but when he arrived he was in bib shorts and base layer, white cycling socks and sliders and he certainly stood out in a bar full of drinkers. It was only eight o'clock in the morning but there were people who had clearly been drinking through the night or at least since the early hours. One man had to be helped into a taxi. The pub had been open all night we think largely for the fishermen and workers at the fish market. Someone asked us where we were from, and Simon said England, rather apologetically. It could have been worse, they said. You could have said Norway. We didn't really have time to explore what this was all about, but it was presumably a tension related to the fishing rights. Peterhead is, after all, a huge part of the fishing industry, home to the largest fishing port in Europe. It was also the start of Stage 14, which would take us across country to Elgin, and we knew from the weather forecast we were in for a tough day. The wind was blowing in the wrong direction and it was blowing pretty hard. Before we even set off, I decided that we cut the route slightly short, finishing at Elgin City Football Club instead of riding onto Lossiemouth. It would still mean 108 kilometres and more than 1,600 metres of climbing. A tough enough day without the wind, which we've been warned about, it has to be said. You want to
3: check the wind direction um, and if you can, make sure you've got that. This uh, is Chris uh, Taylor from Visit Scotland. Um, But you're going to pass through... uh, Amazing, um, big, long, quite sandy bit beaches, um, epic skies. You know, more uh, more horizon than you than you might have seen for for a wee while. Um, you'll pass through a lot of um, historic uh, Murray. Um, chance to check out the sort of castles and history and heritage that that Scotland's famous for, and of course you'll be going through uh, whisky country as well. So. A perfect opportunity to to stop in at uh, at one of our distilleries, um, have a wee tour, understand the the heritage of of history uh, of uh, of whiskey, and perhaps uh, have a wee dram to help you on your way.
0: What can you tell me about Cullen Skink? Because that's on my list of of uh, dishes that I, I really must make sure I I get an authentic version of. Because it's not it's not just fish stew, is it?
3: Well. The, the the best place to have Cullen skink is of course in, in Cullen. Um there are uh, all sorts of um views about the the best recipe. The the last time I was in Cullen I had a, a couple of variations, one with uh, one with chili, uh which was phenomenal, and one with a, a little bit of Guinness in it, which was was amazing. Um yeah, it, it's essentially a sort of um creamy um fish soup with a a sort of mixture of of fishes and and herbs um absolutely wonderful Uh, just just delicious and perfect for refueling after uh, a long day in the saddle
0: remember where you are (laughs) fantastic thank you very much Chris mentioned the Cullen Skink there and I had a very nice dish of it before my main course in Peterhead last night. The main course itself was something I'd never heard of before. So that's beef olives, Simon. Beef I, olives. I've got the bigger beef olives.
2: Than you.
0: Appropriate. I've got much bigger beef olives. In a in a beef gravy with uh, mash and peas.
1: I'm, I'm sold. Beef... Strips wrapped round white pudding. Well, like we were saying earlier, you could have this as a sort of mid-ride snack. I think. Mm. Um, have it handed out of the team team car on the way through. A <laughs> little little bit of foil. <laughs> yes. But you've got all the things that will keep you keep you going in there. You've got well, it's basically oats, por- porridge porridge and beef Some protein. Yeah, let's try it. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah? Nice. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What did you make of last night's dinner in Peterhead, Simon? Uh
1: yeah, I enjoyed it. I, it was really really good actually. Um I wasn't expecting too much when we when we popped in. It was just like sort of pub fare, but um we had a bit of a chat with the bar lady and she she pointed me towards the the beef olives which I didn't know what it was until she explained. No, you
0: asked them for a recommendation, and she said, well, we don't normally recommend it to people who aren't from here, but the beef olives are really good, and I've never heard of beef olives. I, I didn't know what to expect, and so they explained what beef olives were, and it's basically beef wrapped around white pudding, which is oatmeal pudding. And served like a sunday roast dinner with gravy and uh, we had mashed potatoes with it didn't we and some vegetables and
1: it was it was it was nice it was delicious actually fuel for the fire perfect cyclist meal if you could get one of them in a sis gel i think you would <laughs> beef olives flavored gel yeah it was i suppose the thing that
0: perhaps um you might be quite surprised by was the texture of the beef around the white pudding. The white pudding texture does take a little bit of getting used to. It's it's obviously oatmeal, so it's got it's quite
1: distinctive type of texture, isn't it? Quite claggy, I would say. You've got to be careful with the brain as well to not really engage too much with what, what you're actually eating. Do you think that's a, a thing?
0: No, because it's just oatmeal. It's not awful. Isn't it? No, blood. No, it's not blood. Absolutely no. not blood. That's black pudding. White pudding has no blood in it.
1: Does it not? This is,
0: but there's meat in it. Well, I wasn't. I didn't really actually want to ask what was in it. I think there. Yeah, there might be some kind of you know fat in it to bind it together. Um, I don't know, suity again people who know what white pudding is it's probably one of those things to just enjoy the flavor is nice uh, but I mean nobody really goes into detail about you know what's in sausages if you said what's in a sausage you'd, you'd be turned off quite quickly wouldn't you if you really knew what was in a sausage so probably best not to actually know too much all I know is that the beef round it was lovely and tender. The gravy was very rich, and it was kind of a it was a really nice alternative to the kind of traditional beef Sunday
1: roast dinner. Went down a treat. It did, and with a little pint of Audrey Hepburn's finest as well, we were fueled back up, ready to move again.
0: And I'd had the cullen skink beforehand as well as a starter. I was I was really quite full after dinner. Um, excellent, excellent soup rich creamy smoked haddock soup very much a speciality of that coast of scotland um and well we might get some more cullen skink today because we're heading up to Lossiemouth, and uh well that's right by the sea so you would imagine it will be on the menu there as well looking forward to some more
1: delicious i mean we're you've got a you've got a sample of the fish dishes while, when we're up on this coast and we, we saw some of the chaps that had been out at sea uh, over breakfast, didn't we? They clearly worked very hard. <laughs> They'd worked up a thirst, hadn't they? I think, is that what you were trying to say? Yes.
0: Indeed. Uh, yes. Had they been out at sea, though, or had they just been working in, uh, you know, the fish, um, you know, the, the, where the fish is landed and then processed, gutted, descaled, etc.? I mean, either way, tough work at unsociable hours but the pubs stay open all night, so Mm -hmm. it's fine.
1: And your ancestors from Burnie were probably doing something very similar past lives.
0: Well, not actually, but we'll come on to that. I don't think there's any debate, Simon. It's it's too, I don't mind the cold, I don't mind the rain, but the wind is too dangerous. I've, I haven't even got as deep rims as you, and I'm getting blown about.
1: I'm getting shuffled around, even just on the little um, bit, the 2K up to the football ground there. I was way, way off the pace, because I was having to correct correct every, every little gust that was catching my fucking stupid
0: wheels. <laughs> well, they're very useful wheels, except when it's windy. I mean, windy says... are you doing the wind test that's not great not a great test for audio the listeners are going to have to (laughs) take your word for it that your bike is is being blown as you lift it up by the top tube
1: those trees
0: yeah i mean windy this morning said consistently sort of 20 25 mile an hour winds with gusts of up to 38 miles an hour. What
1: what did we decide was rideable? 20? I don't know. I mean it
0: just doesn't feel rideable. it wind's unpredictable isn't it? You don't know when a gust's going to come and we're on a main road. I'd be happier when we get onto the smaller roads maybe.
1: Yeah. What do we do then? How do we get to the smaller roads? Well we need to make an...
0: We need to make an application to wow. the race director and chief commissaire, which is me, and uh, apply for a shortening of the stage, apply the extreme weather protocol. Well, You're going to have to just take my word being for it.
1: Seriously, it's better to be safe, isn't it? There's no point. It's like definitely better along to be safe. A massive road like this with gusts and.
2: Yeah. Wales.
0: No, it's, it's not, um, and we, we, we've seen Peterhead Football Club and we, we got in there, the next ground is Elgin and we'll just have to, I think, monitor it, maybe just get off the main road that comes out of Peterhead and then when we get into the countryside assess it then, what do you reckon? I think you're right, yeah, let's do it. What was that Simon? fucking <laughs> It is still windy. Oh, it's unbelievably windy. It? Yeah. I don't, think, I don't think this audio is going to be usable. The wind buffering will be just so unpleasant. Are we going
1: to give it a quick go? Yeah. we've we
0: cut out Having the visited Peterhead's the Balmore Stadium, we got in the broom wagon and headed to Longside, cutting out a main road section and shortening our ride by about ten kilometres before getting back on the road. It wasn't any less windy, but on the quieter roads it was much less dangerous. Oh, Sun's sorry. shining, the sky is blue.
1: It's really blue now. What the hell? Where did that come from?
0: And tucked away in this little courtyard outside the old Mart Cafe in Maud, it feels relatively calm, relatively still, but that bunting there is blowing about.
1: Humongously.
0: Uh, it is blowing about humongously, yeah, very good. Christian Prudhomme would like that. Um, it's been sketchy I have to say if I was at home just riding I wouldn't be riding in this I must admit
1: no I wouldn't either no I'd be tucked up well uh, I've enjoyed we've had a little break we've got a few kilometres under the belt we had a nice coffee I had a custard cream giant custard cream may I add Mm. I feel a bit more revitalised and yeah like you said sun's out now I don't mind
0: the headwind so much, with just low gear and plod on as if you're on a long climb, that's fine, it's just that gusting wind is not pleasant, it's, it's taking the handlebars, it means having to concentrate a lot more than ordinarily would be the case, feeling the front wheel twitch a little bit, you've got deep section rims here, zip 404s. <laughs> <That's>
1: embarrassing. <laughs>
0: was soft bike packing they're the ideal (laughs) wheel aren't they (laughs) (laughs) they are what the
1: soft bike bike packers recommend
0: actually (laughs) yeah but in high wind conditions not great the problem is i'm gathering too much data i've been looking at the bbc website i've been looking at the windy app Uh, the it it does say that we're still experiencing the sort of 40 mile an hour winds here in maude now but 23 kilometers down the road at Turriff. It should be calmer. Still 19, 20 mile an hour winds, which is yeah, still blustery, isn't it? But not as precarious. So I think we've we decided to break the ride down into chunks. Next stop, turret. see how we're going then, see what time it is, because we have lost a bit of time this morning, just waiting for that wind to die down. I know we did a nine, 10 kilometer stretch in the broom wagon, technically means dnf today i guess <laughs> technically according to the rules of the tour de cost but
1: well the race director can do one if he's <laughs> dnfing me for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay um
0: well i was in the broomwagon wagon as well so i'd be a dnf as well but yeah we'll see how we go see how we go uh, it's a shame because the roads themselves are absolutely lovely quiet upsy-downsy roundy cornery through the fields Just sheep and cattle for company. Blooming wind, the invisible enemy, isn't it? Well, yesterday it was the invisible friend, let's be honest. It blew us us onto the leaderboard on Strava.
1: (laughs) When I decided we were really good at cycling. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) but today it's, it's turned against us.
1: Can't get over 15 kilometers an hour.
0: Well, it's going to take a while at that pace, isn't it? It is going to take a while at that pace, but we have got most of the day to get to Elgin. We'll just see how it goes. We're you know, feeling pretty good, actually, considering when we haven't really got very far yet. But like I say, next chunk, tariff and assess, I
1: think. Onwards. Onwards. Let's do it.
3: From Annan to Aberdeen and beyond, Lionel and Simon's Tour de Cours is fueled by Science in Sport. From tiramisu cake bakes to beta fuel to Rego recovery drink, Science in Sport have everything you need before, during and after your ride. You can get 25% off at scienceinsport.com with the code SISCP25. Well,
0: thank you very much. We're off. we
3: off. going I'm I'm off. to, I'm <laughs> to I'm off. <laughs> I'm be a, a few I'm minutes. <laughs> we'll be a couple
0: more minutes before we're off. Oh.
2: So. No,
0: gonna... Well, ten past two, Simon. Time really has rattled on. It's been a very slow morning. Forty kilometres on the clock and over two hours of riding. It's just been that strong headwind all the way. We've had a lovely. Lunch. You had a jacket potato. I had a toasty. Uh, but we're going to have to hope that the wind eases up a little bit. Quite an eventful ride coming into Turf here, wasn't it? Because uh, well, we got separated. I, I don't. I didn't. Wasn't really pushing on, but.
1: Well, uh, <laughs> I think the absolute moron's choice of uh, adventure cycling setup that I've got basically pushing me into bushes every five minutes at the moment um so you've been, no, taking, you,
0: you've been that, easing off taking it a bit easy well just to stay
1: better to be safe than sorry i'm having to make a lot of like teeny corrections all the time and then you you get a, a little gust and then you're off uh, but it's there's a little window at the moment so yeah. the sun is actually out again looking at that union flag over there that's
0: still blowing oh, quite that is, yeah. quite strongly Away from us, which means headwind.
1: (laughs) I got overtaken by a man on a BMX Impressive. With a massive rucksack on. Looked like he was carrying bricks.
0: (laughs) I went cross country, ended up on a farm track, came to a well, a big puddly section. Rode through some of it, and then there was just a huge, huge puddle that I couldn't see the bottom of. I could see the road I needed to be on. It was only about 150 metres away, but I wasn't confident enough to go through the huge puddle. Didn't want to damage my wheel or anything. It's not very adventurous, (laughs) is it? It wasn't very adventurous, but fortunately the Hammerhead got me out of trouble. I managed to find a little route back round onto the course, and yeah, we're still... I think 65 kilometres from Elgin, which is where we're going to, the commissaire has decided we're going to end the stage today at the football ground in Elgin. Let's get moving.
1: Let's do it, yeah. We've had a lovely lunch at Trafford, so named after Old Trafford.
0: Oh, yeah, Football Connection, Yeah. The, the lady who owns Trafford, a big Aberdeen fan by the sounds of it.
1: Yeah, well, an Alex Ferguson fan, mostly. Alex Ferguson really? fan, yeah. yes, yeah. indeed. And
0: we're going to be waved off.
1: Oh, look. We're having a picture, we're having wow. a picture taken. <laughs> Why are you stepping out, stepping Come out. Come on John, get
2: in. <laughs> Perfect.
0: Well, Simon and I are alone with our private thoughts at the moment. We've decided to ride at our own pace. I think Simon's deep section rims are causing him real trouble today. Bad wheel selection by the his mechanic. Not that he has any spare wheels with him, um, but in the gusting winds, not sure it's the most enjoyable ride for him. It's borderline as I've been saying, but we've split up, or rather we've just drifted apart on the road and WhatsApp, we've got the location switched on on WhatsApp, and currently Simon is about 5km behind me. So I'm putting a bit of time into him here. But it's coming up to 4 o'clock and uh, there's still a long way to go to Elgin City which is where the Chief Commissaire has decided the stage will finish today. We're going to be pushing it a bit with the light I think. It's been grey and overcast today and uh, we've been relatively lucky with the showers. We've got wet a couple of times but the wind is just never, oh it's never relenting unfortunately always against either a block headwind or a cross headwind very difficult riding conditions you can hear it in the background I'm sure Um, but yeah haven't even reached the coast yet and uh, I'm assuming it's going to be even stronger up there I'm heading up towards Bucky and then once we get to Bucky it should in theory be flattish at least to Elgin City Football Club. Oh my goodness not sure I've done Many rides this hard, or rather, not sure I've done many rides this short and this hard. In terms of hours in the saddle, it's ticking up, approaching four hours of riding time, I think three hours 45. But barely 75 kilometres on the clock at the moment, and as I say, 30 still to go. So I'd better push on. Don't worry about Simon, he's got the broom wagon with him. He'll be all right. He'll make it. Uh, but I'm just keen now to get into the clubhouse, so to speak. Oh! Oh, here comes the rain again. Oh!
2: Oh, oh. oh. oh.
0: oh. well, made it to Elgin. A bonus little rain shower on the way into town past the ruins of the cathedral now outside borough briggs elgin city's ground watching simon's progress watching his dot move towards me here at the finish he's still got 9.7 kilometers to go reports are that spirits are still high out on the road ah spirits are high here because i've just demolished a scotch egg the perfect post ride food for what was a tough day out I have to say 108 kilometers 1600 meters of climbing headwind or cross headwind all the way oh man barely bust 20 kilometers an hour average speed as a result yeah soggy now quite cold do it all again tomorrow but with the bonus knowledge of knowing that tomorrow is also the finish line and a sense of satisfaction when we get to Dingwall. Have to say, notwithstanding the headwind, beautiful cycling, beautiful cycling. When we popped out onto the coast at Bucky, uh, well the sea was grey and quite rough looking but it it was spectacular and then the cycle route was largely cycle path on the way into Elgin, so didn't encounter any traffic at all. Past the golf course, past some early evening dog walkers. One uh, couple with three dogs, none of them on a lead. They had to kind of wrestle them to the ground to stop them jumping up at me as I rolled past slowly. Uh, but yeah, the golfers out in this wind tough to control the ball in uh, 25 mile an hour winds, but as I say that, and typically, suddenly all is still outside, maybe it's because we're relatively sheltered here, but it does feel like the rain has stopped and the wind has dropped to greet my arrival here in Elgin, typical. Well, that was type two fun, wasn't it?
1: (laughs) Enjoyable. Are we talking to Don King? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (coughs) Cold
0: as well, isn't it? Now we need to be. We need to do what we need to do here quickly and get to the hotel and. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where John's gone. Uh, But we need to. Hmm. It's
1: fucking son.
0: <laughs> um, um, the Cameras here. I mean, picture quickly. Um, yeah, it's a
1: good little view. Right is there? Hammerhead's
0: dead. Oh, what really? Run out of battery?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh dear. Yeah, I'm. I'm really quite cold. Oh, yeah. mm. oh indeed. Tough day out, Simon. It
1: was a tough day, wasn't it?
0: Mm. My legs. My legs ache for the first time this week, really. Yeah.
1: Like, what we do, we're oh, doing the test there? Yeah. The, the sort of old policeman. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hello, hello, hello. Oh. oh yeah, oh, the yeah. wobble, the little wobble when you get a, the the knee angle gets to I don't know what angle that would be, maybe oh, yeah. sixty degrees. Oh. Not even sixty. For wobble. Me. Oh, oh. Eighty. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh. Well, I don't know if the recorder can pick up that noise, but that noise is um, flags on a flagpole, flapping in the wind. It's a lovely spot this
0: though, isn't it? Lossy Mouth, Lossy, I gather the locals call Uh, it. I think this is a golf course below us, I can't remember, it's dark now. When we arrived it was dusky, wasn't it? Beautiful view out to sea, absolutely stunning. Is this a golf, golf course it's there? Got no. that,
1: it's got that look, hasn't it?
0: it? I could be wrong there. Was it further down the... It was further down the front, maybe. I don't know. I'm confused now.
1: a challenging golf course, I thought.
0: Befuddled. I saw some golfers on the way into Elgin. <laughs> Two little fellas on the green, just on that cycle path. I thought, blimey. We're mad being out in this wind on bikes. Mm. Golfers, you've got to learn how to keep the ball below the wind up here, haven't you? Guess so, My yeah. technique of the uh, the low runner is uh, would be very valuable up here. What's your low runner? Well, just a kind of scuffed, long, 150 yards, bouncing along the along the ground on the goal course I you only
1: used two clubs I do yeah one of them's quite lofty isn't it you're a seven seven iron specialist
0: yeah but, my, but also um, my sort of default bad shot is a low runner
1: ah ok way back when I was
0: and so to Bernie the start of our final stage which would take us via Inverness to Dingwall home of the final football club on our list Ross County you what?
4: know
0: when you're in Bernie you reckon that there's going to be... Well, it'd be a m- massive welcome to Burnie. Friendliest town in Scotland. 100%, sign. 100%, yeah.
1: Like uh, the sign that when you're going to Las Vegas. Vegas? <laughs> Vegas, baby. That's what they're saying. Burnie,
0: Burnie, Burnie baby. baby.
1: <laughs> Thank you for not
0: driving like an arsehole in Burnie. <laughs>
1: Once voted the happiest place <laughs> in Scotland. <laughs> oh, brilliant. It's starting to look like we might have already just been through Burnie without even realising
0: I think Burnie is not a town, is it? It's a, it's a, a hamlet it's a at lifestyle. best. It's a lifestyle,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I've got
0: a feeling Will that.
1: Miss Burnie? No, we're not there yet. No, there yeah. yet. no, 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 no. More, no. no. Lower
0: Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Burnie, Simon. It's a privilege and a pleasure to welcome you to Burnie. I'm not sure I can lay claim to uh, my ancestors actually owning Burnie or even necessarily coming from here, but we are in Burnie. This is Burnie. We saw the sign on the main road there. There's, there's not a great deal here. The Glen Lossie Distillery is just up there, so... Um, Plenty of whiskey in Burnie, but not an awful... It's a hamlet. It's a very small hamlet,
1: um, but welcome. We, we found a sign, didn't we, that, that had Burnie written on it? We've had a little picture of you by your sign, with your people, near your people, amongst the Burnies, the clan, the kilts, lots, the tartan.
0: Lots of Burnies from Elgin, lots of uh, Burnies over in Peterhead as well, and as I found out from my mum, not that long ago actually, uh, my ancestors uh, hail from this part of the world, Uh, my great-great-great-grandfather was born in Peterhead, and his son was born in Camp Curra, in Ireland, on the island of Ireland, But but it was a British army base. I've actually been thinking about this, because I've known well since I was a child that my mum's dad was from Ireland and came to England and I didn't know that my dad's side of the family came from Scotland and I certainly didn't know that my great-great-grandfather was born in an army camp, a British army camp on the island of Ireland so part of the British army that was obviously not terribly popular in Ireland. And so I was thinking about this when we were cycling through Glasgow and the whole sectarian divide between the Catholics and the Protestants, you know, the, the Irish immigrants and and the, the, the Scots, and realising that I'm a kind of a product of half and half, almost.
1: You're a half and half ranger's Celtic scarf. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but... Um, I suppose, in footballing terms, I would always have identified more with with Celtic than Rangers. And so it was a, a slight surprise to realise that uh, ancestors on the other side were over in Ireland. I mean, let's not put too fine a point on it as part of the oppressive British army forces. So it's yeah, it's um, it's interesting, isn't it, that these divides that really split communities. Um, you know, they only. Exist those divides if people let them continue to
1: exist, I guess. And how much of a say would you have had about these things at the time? I mean Well, I had no say, obviously.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I had no say, Simon, in any of this. Here we are. The Frankenstein Club, in a nice way, Inverness Caledonian Thistle. Do you remember we met Alan Smart, former Watford hero? Yep, And he told us the story of Inverness, Caledonian thistle. Do you remember?
1: When we went for a bike ride with Alan.
0: We did go for a bike ride with Alan, didn't we? He was quite keen on cycling. He was. Uh, Wembley hero, Alan Smart, Scottish player. Scored at Wembley for Watford in 1999, (laughs) one of my greatest days watching Watford. Alan Smart painted a picture of two divided sets of fans kind of cut and shut together and he said that uh, the players that had been on Caledonian weren't fully supported by the supporters of Inverness Thistle and it was all a bit of an awkward marriage at at the start, a kind of an arranged marriage where the extended families weren't too keen on the union but they... Got it together, became Inverness Caledonian Thistle, and are responsible for one of the finest headlines in sports journalism. Simon, as you reminded me this morning.
1: Uh, yeah, in the Sun, I believe. I couldn't tell you what year, but I do remember it, it was in the nineties, wasn't it?
0: John Barnes was a manager, another Watford connection. Mm-hmm. Watford legend John Barnes, Celtic manager to not great success. They played a League Cup game against Inverness Caledonian Thistle and lost, and the headline was. Super Cali, go ballistic Celtic are atrocious Super <laughs> Super So there we are that's that's what I know about Inverness Caledonian Thistle they play in a combination of the two original clubs colors red and blue I think maybe Watford and Luton could get together Oh don't do even thing. No come off it come off it no Football rivalries are a great thing Sporting rivalries are a great thing. Um, I'm trying to think of a cycling equivalent where teams have happily merged. Garmin and Cervelo merged together in the two thousands, now two thousand tens. Happily? Um well, that's a long story, isn't it, I think. <laughs> Depends who you speak to about that. But here we are. Nice spot. A nice spot. It's by the river, it's by the bridge. We can see the bridge. We can see the hill. We've got to go over when we get over the bridge, up to Dingwall and Ross County, and the Champs Elysees of our Tour de Cosse so to speak. So here we are. Yeah, we can see the finish line, really, can't we? Over that hill. Over that hill. Yeah. Well, we'll reflect on that when we get to Ross County and Dingwall before our long journey home. But let's have a look round Inverness Caledonian Thistle Stadium. Do our picture and get rolling.
1: A, you can charge up your your whatever there, look. Just outside the stadium there.
0: Charge a charging up. point, a car charging point,
1: yeah. There's a player just coming out there. He looks like a big striker.
0: It's going in, isn't he? Maybe they're training there today. Who knows? Bring it on
4: home. Inverness, Caledonian, Thistle. Bring it on home. Give your all to the final whistle. Callie and the Jags in their red and blue. Callie and the Jags doing it just for you. My heart's been broken. Many an angry word's been spoken. Families disunited father and son on opposite sides but after the tears and memories of those golden years two teams into one taken on the rest proving they're the best always be a winner
0: let's give the last word to a young scottish rider who did his country proud in the summer Finn Crockett won a bronze medal for Scotland in the Commonwealth Games Road Race in Birmingham and he's one of a number of young Scottish riders who are making waves. There's Anna Shackley from Mill Guy, who was impressed for SD Works in the World Tour. Cameron Mason from Linlithgow is developing into a very fine cyclocross and mountain bike rider. And Sean Flynn from Edinburgh has just signed for DSM, the first Scottish-developed male rider to reach the World Tour.
5: Yeah, so what do you think of the Ross County shirt?
0: Finn Crockett is from a village not far from Dingwall and so, naturally, he supports Ross County.
5: I mean, I see the kit online and on social media and stuff, but it's been a while since I've I've seen it in, well, yeah, with someone wearing it in front of me. So, go on, I'm on the staggies.
0: I reckon it'll make a really good cycling jersey.
5: Yeah, it looks a bit tight, no, around the... the is that, is that,
0: it's um yeah it's, player it's sporting fitted, fit it?
5: right sporting player fit. Fitted.
0: yeah 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 <laughs> well listen um four very simple questions for you finn really um sure. first up i mean tell me about your bit of scotland because you're you're from a is it a village not far from dingwall
5: yeah that's right yeah so i'm i'm from strapeffer so just along the the valley road from dingwall uh, so I, I i went to school in dingwall um yeah i, I did my whole high school there um, I've lived there, for, well, I grew up there, yeah, for about 20 years. Um, and I live in Sterling, so I'm more in the central belt. And I think I think you did cycle through Sterling or close to Sterling um, on your tour. But, um, yeah, it's where I grew up. It's an amazing place. I love going back. Um, my parents are still there, so um, I'm back I'm back quite often. But, yeah, I'm, I've just finished uni um, in Sterling, so I've been away for a wee while now. Um,
0: and, and what, yeah. I mean, was it you know what was your journey into cycling i mean was was the was the location part of the thing that got you outdoors
5: yeah most definitely so so where i grew up so strap Effa, um there is this annual cycling event i don't know if you've ever come across it called the strap buffer and it's a 24-hour mountain bike race and um for some reason that was the thing that got me hooked on cycling a 24-hour mountain bike race in january as well um so yeah i think there's there's about 18 hours of darkness six hours of light and um for some reason i thought that was the coolest thing uh, ever and um, yeah it was obviously a really local event like thousands of people uh, kind of come to, to strap effort and around the area and and do this crazy event and you know, when i was about 12 um yeah i kind of went to watch it a few times I'm probably a bit younger than 12 and then yeah i started to get into mountain biking myself and, and we had a great club called Square Wheels Cycle Club, uh, which were based out of a strap effort. And there was a lot of kind of guys similar age, a bit older than me, uh, that cycled as well. And uh, that was kind of my my way into it. And I mountain bikes and I raced my own bikes for yeah, about four or five years and then kind of moved onto the road after that. And, and that's kind of what I'm doing at the moment. Um, so that was, that was my way into it. But yeah, definitely location helps a lot. I mean, you're kind of... I mean, just out the back, back door, you, you're in the woods straight away. So, um, you know, you are kind of one with nature, really. And I always loved being outdoors when I was a kid. And, and mountain biking was the best thing um, to kind of get that freedom and uh, get out of the house, really. It was great. And just with your mates, cycling along. There was a lot of crashing involved, but had a great time <laughs> along the way.
0: Pick yourself up, dust yourself off. I mean, we we rode we rode from Gretna all the way through, you know, via every football club, and our last stop was Ross County, and it struck me looking at the map, you know, there's an awful lot of Scotland still left after Dingwall, isn't there? I mean, do you kind of consider yourself the Highlands, or do you just think, no, actually, the North? We we're the sort of south of the North.
5: Yeah, I mean, the Highlands is such a big area. I think it's it's the biggest region in the UK. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's huge. I definitely class myself as a Highlander. I think I'm very much in the midst of it. I mean, beyond where I live up north, there's, there's not a huge amount, <laughs> a huge amount going on. So I'm in um, the more populated part. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a shame that you didn't get to go all the way up to Ferzo, Wick, and along that west coast that's it's where the um, the North Coast 500 goes, um, and honestly, is some of the best cycling that that, that you can do. Um, especially on that west coast of Scotland, so yeah, I feel very lucky to call that my home. Um, and growing up there was, yeah, it was great. And I mean, I've travelled, oh, I've done I've done a lot of travelling, um, especially um, in the last kind of two three years, closer to home, which I, which I never really uh, did beforehand. So yeah, I guess you get a whole new sense of appreciation with with what's actually around you. Um, it's an amazing part of, of the UK for sure.
0: Now tell me about the, the the road cycling recently because I mean the the Commonwealth Games was presumably the high point of your year. I mean to get on the podium there. The, tell me, I mean I was there. I was watching by the roadside with my family actually, oh, cool. um, having got cool. back from the Tour de France. And um, I mean it was a it was a absolute first time up that climb. It was bang, wasn't it? The the cool, yes. kicked off. Yeah um but it tell was, me yeah. how it broke down at the end and and, the, and just just reel off the list of the the names that you were you were up with at the <laughs> at the pointy end
5: yeah it was I mean the nature of the course it was always going to be full gas and and the amount of yeah world-class riders that were there I knew it was going to be a hard race and I knew you had to be switched on tactically um I knew that there was going to be a move that went and, and yeah it was going to be all in to kind of get into that and yeah, well, once I eventually got into the move with um, another Scottish boy, one of my teammates, Sean Flynn, um, we kind of, we knew that once that gap had grown, that was going to be the winning, the winning move. And yeah, but coming into the last 50 kilometres, it was just attack after attack. Um, we obviously had the nut, well, we had two riders, England, I think had three or four. Um, but we we kind of... And then most of the other riders were, were kind of single. So we actually had a bit of an advantage and c- could kind of share the workload um, as Team Scotland with Sean. And yeah, like, do you know what? Like, it all just kind of played out. I knew if it if it came down to sprint, I'd fancy my chances of at least trying to get a medal. And it, yeah, it, so much happened in that last 30, 20K. It's, it's hard to kind of run through everything that happened. But um I knew I just had to be in the right position at the right time, Um and I knew. Oh, I remember when Garen Thomas kind of shot past the key to go. England had the numbers. I was sat in fourth wheel. I was like, okay, this is maybe gonna, uh, yeah, go my way. And yeah, I mean, the sprint, the sprint was good. I actually was on. I mean, I say I, was, I wasn't on a great day, but I was there um, when it kind of mattered. Um, and yeah, to get a medal for for Scotland um, in the road race with so many, so many professionals around me, it was, it was a pretty cool, it was very cool, actually. Um, I mean, yeah, it's not often I get to kind of compete against uh, these world-class guys and, and to kind of, to show that I can uh, be in the mix uh, is awesome, not only for, myself, but yeah, for, for, um, riders of, of similar abilities. So no, it was, it was a really cool experience and it's not often I get to pull on the, the Scottish Jersey. So, um, to get a medal, is yeah. And was, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I've got it right next to me <laughs> watching me and you can see I've got a bit of <laughs> memorabilia above me as well. So, um, no, it's been a really, really good year uh, cycling wise. So yeah, I've come a long way since uh, the strap offer uh, the 24 hour mountain bike race. Back home. Just yeah, tell
0: me what what is that jersey there behind you on the wall?
5: So that um that was the Rutland uh circle classic from this year. So that was another big highlight um in in April. Uh the British classic, as they call it. So um yeah, that was that was really good. Um another big win. <laughs> a great
0: a great race have been many times, yeah. that the the you know kind of the the Perry Bay of the Midlands, I guess. Um,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. So, so what What next? Because, um, I mean, it feels like there's a bit of a groundswell behind Scottish cycling at the moment. Obviously, the World Championships next year, um, that's going to go all across, almost reach up to where you are, isn't it? Because the time trials will be um, sterling. Uh, all across that central belt of Scotland and, and in, even down to Dumfries and Galloway, it's going to feel like Scotland's the centre of the cycling universe.
5: It is yeah, I can, and do you know what the, the time trial goes past my flat, which is just crazy. So um, not that I'm ever gonna uh, have a chance to do the time trial, but I, I think that's super cool having the world championships, the biggest yeah cycling event, really uh, come past your your flat um of all of all places. So um, yeah, no, no, I think I think it's gonna be an amazing year next year for 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 Scotland for cycling um. Scotland is such an up-and-coming nation in cycling. There's uh, guys across all disciplines and girls, sorry, across all disciplines that are doing amazing things. So I think it's going to be a big celebration of cycling, and I hopefully, um, yeah, will inspire the next kind of generation of Scottish cyclists. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to watching it. Um, I'll be here supporting and trying to go to as many events as possible. Um, which will be quite easy in the time trial. I can just kind of look outside my flat. But um, no, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I would love to take part, but I think it might be a bit of an ask. um, But, you know, maybe in a couple of years' time.
0: (laughs) It's going to play havoc with all the local uh, Strava segments as well, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
5: (laughs) Exactly. I think it goes over Coral Road, which is, yeah, that's, that's one of my trading roads so um, it goes over the back side of it thankfully not the important um uh, the side from glasgow so it comes over the Sterling side um which yeah that's it, it's going to be it's going to be cool to see it and um, yeah roadside the you know, roads that I train on pretty much every day so yeah.
0: and, and what about you personally because um the, the the team has kind of closed its doors it's come to a come to an end
5: that's right yeah so yeah I was riding for river Worldside um for cycling this year. And yeah, sadly, um mostly down to sponsorship. Um the team um is falling for next year, which is a huge shame. I've I've had a really great year and met a lot of really good people through the team. So um yeah, it was um I guess it yeah, it was a bit of a difficult period. I was trying to work out where and what I was gonna do, but I thankfully got um a team sorted for next year, which um is really exciting. So I look forward to kinda of announcing uh that uh, very soon. Um but yeah, it'll involve a lot of racing um and hopefully a lot of opportunity. Um which is yeah, which is really what I'm after. Excellent. Yeah,
0: this episode will go out next week, so it's probably too early to break the embargo on that, is it?
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think December is when they're gonna be um kind of announcing announcing names. But um yeah no it'll be it'll be cool to there's going to be yeah it's going to be an exciting year next year that's, that's what i can say for sure
0: <laughs> did did the medal you know and and the performances i mean obviously you know must have helped in in the search because for any british rider uh, when a team closes it's not like there's you know a huge host of options sometimes you know historically over the last well 20 30 years it's always been difficult when a team goes all those riders have to find something else and it's not a given is it
5: no, no, for sure, and, and this year especially, I, I have a lot of teammates from Ribble that, that have have struggled in finding a team. I mean, the UK is a shame. We've got we've got some amazing talented riders. Um, the racing's hard. Um, and it's it's really hard to win in the UK, but I, it just doesn't get the same amount of appreciation as you know, in Belgium and Holland, where the racing is just it is so different. Um, but yeah, for, for British riders at the moment, trying to make that step up, and I, I, I feel even more for, for younger riders, you know, coming out of junior, younger, under 23s. So it, and it's, it's finding that opportunity and it's coming harder and harder um, to do that. So, yeah, it's a shame. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm always going to support the British scene, I know how hard it is. I've kind of um, struggled my way through it. Um, for the past four years, trying to trying to win one of these races, and well, eventually got there uh, last season. But yeah, no, it's, it's a shame, man. Hopefully, over the next couple of years, it can build up again. Um, it is, it's just, it's so hard when you know the the racing season and the races that you need to race are, you know, in Europe, um, a lot of travel. A lot of costs is, is involved, so it is difficult for, for UK teams to compete against, you know, similar teams abroad um, on a scale of things. So, yeah, it's it's difficult. It's difficult.
0: And the cycling academy, I mean, is trying to bridge that gap as well, isn't it? I mean, trying to get people, maybe, you know, if there, if there are difficulties domestically, trying to sort of hopscotch almost to that European level and get and get people over to the continent and 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 experience that competition sooner.
5: Exactly that. Yeah, the Cycling Academy is great. I mean, J- Jimmy, who I think you've spoken to, he's, he's actually my coach. So I know Jimmy really well, and Peter, he's family. So it's it's very close to home, the Cycling Academy, and it, it's great to see what they're doing. Um, there's another team, uh, the Spokes Racing uh, team that, that I went through when I was a junior, and that, again, provided a lot of opportunity for providers like myself that didn't really have access uh, to that. So we raced abroad, we raced... In Belgium, um, as juniors, and it it it's so important that we got these platforms um, that, that that give younger riders the opportunity, ju- even if it is just to experience it. Um, I know you obviously want to go to races and win, but um, yeah, actually having that access is is the most important thing. So so what they're doing at the Cycling Academy is really really great. I'm I'm definitely all behind it.
0: And lastly, I've got to ask about Ross County. Do you get to many games? It's been a tough, tough start to the season, but they're just having an upturn in form lately.
5: Yeah, well, well, they did actually win uh, this year against was it Hibs? I think they were playing. So, um, yeah, on the up. Um, I mean, I I used to be a huge Ross County fan. I used to go to most of the games. I remember when Ross County won the Scottish Cup in twenty sixteen. Um, I was at that match in in Hampden. Um, but now not so much I'm, a, I'm away from home and I don't get to um Victoria park yeah that's, that's the name of the stadium i don't I don't get there that often but um yeah no I, I still always like to um uh, stay updated with him and if anyone asks me um who I support ross county is my number one team so um there's none of that Celtic Rangers it's Ross county. <laughs>
0: And that's a wrap for the Tour de Cosse. Our journey from Gretna to Dingwall over 15 days of cycling took in every Scottish football league ground. We covered more than 1300 kilometres and spent almost 58 hours in the saddle. On the way it felt like we saw a lot of Scotland, including all eight of the country's cities. Edinburgh, Glasgow, Aberdeen, Dundee, Inverness, Perth, Stirling and the newest of them all Dunfermline. And yet it feels like we've only just scratched the surface of this wonderful country. There's still so much more to see, the Highlands and the islands to the north, the Trossachs, Loch Lomond, Loch Ness, perhaps we'd even catch a glimpse of Nessie if we rode a full lap, the Cairngorms, Ben Nevis, the Bathgate Alps and so much more. And that gives us a reason to go back, which I'd love to do in August 2023 for the World Championships. The track cycling will be held at the Sir Chris Hoy Velodrome, which is just over the way from Celtic Park which used to have a cycle track of its own and in fact hosted the World Championships in 1897 and regularly attracted huge crowds for track cycling until 1913. hundred and ten years later, the best riders in the world across all disciplines will gather in Scotland. But for now and for the Tour de Cosse, that's the end of the road. I'd like to say a huge thank you to Simon Gill for being such brilliant company and for making the tour what it was. Thank you to everyone we met along the way, and especially to those who contributed their expertise to the series. To our sponsors, Super Sapiens, Science in Sport, MAP and Hammerhead, their support enabled us to set off on this crazy adventure in the first place. A huge thank you to Sam Slatter and John Hurd, who supported us in the broom wagon. We didn't carry our own luggage, but we still had to pedal all the way. Earlier in the series, I asked for suggestions for what this genre of soft cycling could be called, and Rick van der Gaet on Twitter suggested bike slacking as opposed to bike packing. I quite like that, although we didn't slack off too much. Thank you to everyone who has listened to the series and sent us nice messages. And lastly, but by no means least, thank you to Tom Wally. Throughout this series, I've described Tom as our producer, but that is to underplay his enormous and creative contribution. His sound design has been exceptional, a work of art in itself. At times, this has been quite a personal journey for me, and my appreciation for the care Tom has put into every episode could not be greater. He's also quite modest, so I wouldn't be surprised if he cuts
2: this out. Scottish League Premier Division, Aberdeen 2, Kilmarnock 0. Celtic 5, Morton 1. Dundee United against Motherwell, evening kick-off at 7.30. Hibernian 0, Rangers 0. St Mirren 0, Dundee 0.
0: Here we are back in Hertfordshire, Simon. It's all over, and you're in a boot. You've had a football-related injury,
1: extraordinarily. It's not that extraordinary, really. I've, I've had it coming for many years. Uh, avoided being kicked until my 46th chapter, and here we are. Got booted three Sundays ago, and, yeah, a fractured fibula, which is the supporting bone in your lower leg and yeah clean break in a boot six months six weeks or so in the boot and then three months probably until I'm pedaling or running around again yeah
0: well I was going to ask what next what do we do next we need a purpose for 2023
1: we do I mean I really enjoyed Scotland. It had its ups and downs, but on the whole, I don't think we fell out particularly, did we? I could have read the road book a little bit more. <laughs> Would that be fair to say? Um, I mean, you did just
0: check things with the, with the race director quite a bit. You know, where are we going next? What's, is today the day we're doing this? Um, I mean, it was fine. It was fine. I, I you know, I, at least I knew what we were doing most of the time.
1: You did. You, you did a really good job. I have to say, it was it was very well planned out.
0: I actually enjoyed the planning. Um, a lot of the when we were out there, uh, we avoided a lot of difficulties because it was pretty well planned and we knew where we were going and we knew what we were trying to achieve each day
1: but It would have been much more fun trying to get over on that ferry though without £2.50 You'd have got very wet you'd have got very wet getting across um, but I do
0: think we're tough enough I think that we've proved to ourselves I mean you certainly have proved to yourself that you can do proper bike packing. I think it's time to so do something
1: you, Absolutely you have you Oh, no, you were good. You were stronger than me overall. You won the Tour de Cosse. You were the what what color did, did we decide the jersey was?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I don't think we did decide. I don't think we did decide. Well, I'll, I'll obviously make a jersey. You were on the top milk crate
2: at
1: the end i think
0: we we need to do the podium presentation here in the pub garden don't we afterwards uh, i'll go on the top milk crate as champion and you can go on the the, the smaller milk crate as runner up in the two man tour de course but we need to do something else and i'm quite happy i'd really like to do something a, a bit more self supported uh, One idea I floated was the Italian football grounds. I mean, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Basically, the Giro d'Italia, Giro di Calcio. Or I'd like to go and discover Ireland. I know you've done quite a bit of riding in Ireland, but something about Ireland in the early summer, that would be good.
1: Their league is in the summer, isn't it?
0: Their league, the, the League of Ireland is played through the summer months, yes. But have have listeners had enough football? That's the big question. I mean, we don't really know that. We don't really know.
1: you do one of those Twitter polls, have you had enough football? I think you you angled it beautifully back round to cycling as much as you could, just not to alienate all those non-football types.
0: The thing is, there'd be some hugely contentious result, wouldn't there? 52% says yes, 48% says no, and then six in six years' time, we'd still be arguing about whether or not we've had too much football or not. I suppose the only way to find out is to have a look at the map and see whether we could create a tour of Ireland visiting... well, visiting the football grounds, but... Experiencing the country, I could go and see where my grandfather was from. He was from Bernie. The other
1: one.
0: On the other side. On the other side. Maybe. Maybe I'll get the map out over Christmas and we'll have a we'll have a
1: beer, look at the map, and see if it can be done. Something's something's being conceived here, isn't it? Right here in the Alford Arms,
0: Hertfordshire, Yes. Well. All it leaves me to say, Simon, is thank you very much for your good-natured company, your patience. Uh, You put up with the the tyrannical race director barking orders at you and setting the agenda and telling you where to be and what to do. And uh, it was a pleasure. It was a real pleasure. It was a great, fun thing to do. And on the whole, well, we're talking about repeating it. So it's obviously something that I would repeat in a heartbeat
1: we got through it didn't we we had a false start we got going again we I think we sort of achieved we definitely achieved something because we we didn't we didn't give up we persevered there were some highs and lows and that's what that's what it's all about adventure highs and lows mates cycling bit of football that is it isn't it life on the road
0: takes you one way, takes you the other, the highs and the lows. And we got to the destination and we're, well, we're, we're as good friends. We're probably better friends even than we were when we set out. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Ringing endorsement.
5: <laughs> the Cycling Podcast was created in 2013 by Richard Moore, Daniel Freib and Lionel Burney.